Real talk. Let's talk about it. Well, good evening. And we want to welcome you to our all-campus online service. We want to thank you for joining us. It's been a crazy week, hasn't it, in our country and in our community. And uh, we want to thank you for heeding the guidelines put forth uh, by our national and local leaders so that together we can stop the spread of COVID-19. Uh, during this uh, time, uh, digital ministry for us takes uh, on a new meaning uh, here at the Bible Chapel and all of our services and devotionals and updates, we put them out on several platforms, uh, BibleChapel.org, uh, Facebook Live, Bible Chapel app, uh, on the YouTube channel as well. And if there was ever a time, if there is ever a time when you can't get to where you need to go uh, on our digital platform or you have a question, uh, just call the chapel office and man, we'll, we'll be so happy to talk with you and help you through that. Or you can uh, email me at rmorebiblechapel.org. Uh, I won't be able to help you, but I'll send it to someone who can. And uh, we just want to make sure that you are able to maneuver, uh, uh, navigate all our digital uh, platforms. And we're going to get through this thing. We're going to get through it together. And again, we appreciate uh, all of you coming together uh, digitally, online, uh, as we worship together and as we look at God's Word. Uh, throughout the sermon today, I I'm going to share some need-to-knows, some things that uh, you need to know for the coming week. Uh, but there's one thing I need to share with you before we get started. Uh, on Friday, uh, one of our elders, Ken Gorton, uh, passed away. Uh, Ken uh, was such a godly man and uh, a gifted leader and just a good, good friend. Uh, we know that uh, while Ken is absent from the body, he is present right now uh, with the Lord. And Ken's celebration service will be on Tuesday afternoon at 2.30 uh, p.m. here uh, at the Bible Chapel. Uh, it's just for family uh, here on site, but uh, we're going to live stream uh, that service so you can join us at 2.30 on Tuesday afternoon to celebrate uh, one of our leaders here at the Bible Chapel. I got to tell you, we, we would not be where we are now uh, at this church if not for Ken and his uh, tremendous leadership. So join us online to, to celebrate this godly man. And again, our, our confidence is knowing that right now, Ken uh, is with the God he loved uh, and served. So let's pray and ask God for his help uh, as we look at his word tonight and for the Gorton family as well. Father, we thank you uh, that you love us and you care for us. And Lord, uh, we don't always understand um, things going on in our life. Uh, we don't understand the things going on in our, in our world, in our country, but, but nothing takes you by surprise. And uh, you're a God who, who works in every circumstance. You, you are a, a sovereign God, and Lord, we, our confidence is in that. Uh, Lord, we, we are going to miss Ken desperately. Uh, but Lord, we, we uh, know that um, your timing is perfect. And we pray for the, the Gorton family. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would just give them your comfort and give them your help. Uh, be with Marsha, Lord, and uh, just 
let her experience your, your warmth, uh, your presence, uh, your strength, and the entire family. And Lord, here at the church, we, uh, we pray that you would be with us as we uh, work through missing uh, someone, again, we love and, and, and depended on so much. Uh, Father, as we look at your word, we pray that you would um, be with us and that you would teach us as only you can do. Even though we're not here together physically, we know that we are together, and uh, your spirit bridges any, any gap, and uh, you are speaking to us and will speak to us through your word. We always say and are reminded again, we have nothing to, to say worthwhile unless it comes from your word. And so I pray, Father, that you would speak to us tonight as only you can do. And we pray that uh, you'd be with us in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 8 as we continue our study through this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. In, in challenging times where there's confusion and fear and anxiety, it is so important for believers to show grace and compassion to each other in their, in their network of family and friends. And in 1 Corinthians 8, we're going to see how we do that. We're going to see how we can care for each other, even if we need to be caring for each other digitally right now. So let me set the context for this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. So the church in Corinth, uh, as we've been talking about, they, they're going through this tough stretch. Um, it, w uh, within the church, there's sexual immorality and there are divisions and there are marriage issues that, 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 that they're dealing with. Then outside the church, we saw last time that they're going through probably a famine. Uh, Paul calls it this present distress. This famine was sweeping throughout Greece at that time. So um, just like today, they were going through some challenging times within the church and, and outside the church. Another issue they were dealing with, and it's kind of hard for us to understand, but they were dealing with this. There were uh, believers in the church that felt eating meat offered to an idol was wrong. And there were believers in the church who believed that eating meat offered to idols, it was just fine. Uh, this meat offered to idols, it was sold in the store, I'm assuming at discount rates, and here you are going through a famine, so food scarce, not a lot of options, and if you can get food for cheaper, man, what a great opportunity. So some believers with this religious background where meat offered to idols was wrong, it was a big deal for them not to eat that meat. And, and the reason is they had these experiences in their life that they couldn't shake, God had saved them, Christ had come into their life, but they still had this experience of eating this meat that was offered to an idol. And they remembered that when they were, um, when they were involved in these religions where meat was offered to idol, idols, that there was crazy ceremonies going on with that, sexual immorality, all kinds of, of vulgar ceremonies going on. And they also knew that when a meat, when the meat was burned, they believed that demons attached themselves to meat and went into a body through the food. And so when you offered the meat to idols and you, and you did a burn offering where the meat was, was burned, then it burned the demons off so the meat could be 
taken into your body and demons wouldn't go into your body. So they had this crazy experience and they couldn't shake that experience. Now other people said, what's meat offered to idols? It's just, idols just a metal or a wooden object and it's like offering meat to nothing. So there's just no real existence in, in an idol. So meat offered to an idol, it's fine to eat. So just think about, think about the situation. One day you're invited to a meal at a home of a respected Corinthian uh, Christian. And at dinner time, man, they set the table. There's mashed potatoes, like fried okra. There's corn on the cob. There's green bean casserole with that mushroom stuff mixed in. You guys know what that is? And the strawberry jello with, with pretzels on the bottom and then like an inch of, of cream on the top. And it's all great. And man, your mouth is watering. And then they bring out this roast and they set it right in the middle of the table and your mouth is watering and you say man that is one good looking roast where did you get that and the person says oh I got it at the meat market it had been offered to an idol I got it for cheap I started uh, marinating it all day um, I, I put it in the pot last night it's been simmering for hours but you didn't hear anything after they said it was bought at the idol meat market. All you can think about is your past images of offering to that meat, thinking of the demons being, being burned off. And, and, and now you're going to partake of that meat. So your conscience says, I can't eat the meat. But you're at this believer's home that you trust and, and, and you love them and you care for them and you don't want to offend them. So you can't eat the meat but you don't want to offend the believer. So you're caught between a roast and a hard place. Roast and a hard place. I'll just give you a minute to chuckle on that one, all right? So you don't know what to do. Your conscience is bothering you, but you don't want to offend the host. So, so these are the things going on in the Corinthian church. I don't want to eat this meat offered to an idol. It's not a big deal. And how do we interact? How do we show grace with each other in this situation? All right, so let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. So Paul says, now concerning food offered to idols, right? We know that all of us possess knowledge, and this knowledge puffs up, but what? Love builds up. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. So Paul's addressing the Corinthian Christians who believe that idols are just a wooden object or metal object and food offered to these nothings are not contaminated. These people, Paul said, had the knowledge, and Paul agrees with them, that offering meat to an idol, which is really nothing, is okay. Now, Paul says knowledge alone, though, is dangerous. Knowledge alone is dangerous. Unbending convictions on non-essential issues is dangerous. And so Paul says knowledge by itself puffs up. It brings pride. But Paul says knowledge always has to be connected to love. Love builds up. So when you have knowledge and love, that builds people up. So let me, let me say it like this. Knowledge alone produces a heart of pride. We know that, right? 
Knowledge alone produces a heart of pride. But knowledge mixed with love, man, that produces a heart of grace. Pride hurts others. Grace heals others. Now, today, with everything going on, I mean, we have a great opportunity to show some real grace to other people in our life. More on, more on that in a bit. Look at verse 2. Paul says, if anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. What, what's Paul saying there? Paul's just saying, if you think you know everything, you may not know everything you think you know. So just hang on as you work through this issue with other people. Look at verse 3. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Paul says, let's not worry about the, the meat offered to idols. You, you may not know everything you think you know about that, but here's the deal. Here's where we have to focus. You need to know God and be known by God. That's the real issue. Look at verse 4. Therefore, as to eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence. It's, it's, it's nothing. It's just, a, it's just wood or, or, or metal. No real existence. And that there is, only, uh, there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven and earth, as indeed there are many gods and lords, Paul says, we, we get it. Food offered to idol, it's nothing. But don't forget... There are others who have a different experience. And they can't shake that experience in their life. And so we have to work with others. We have to be gracious to others as we go through this. Now, Paul says, look, it's not about the meat offered to idols. We can talk about that. We can discuss that. We can work through that. But then he says in verse 6, yet as for us, for believers, here's where we have to focus. Here's what we know. There's one God, the Father from whom are all things and for whom all things exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. What, what's Paul saying there? Paul's saying, man, let's focus on what's really important. It's not about meat offered to idols. There is one God. We worship one God. And that's who we're going to focus on, Paul says, during this time when there's challenges within the church and challenges from the outside. There is one God we worship, and we worship him in only one way. We worship him through our Lord Jesus Christ. God is the source and the subject. Jesus is the, the agent. And, and we, don't offer, we don't offer meat to, to wooden statues. We don't worry about that. We offer ourselves to the living God. Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, that's generic, brothers, sisters, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable spiritual worship, which is your spiritual act of worship. So Paul says this whole thing about idols, let's not worry about that. The, the, the real thing is let's focus on who God is. And let's focus on a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Look at verse 7. However, not all, all possess this knowledge, but some through former associations with idols eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is 
defiled. So Paul says some people still remember those wild religious ceremonies. They can't shake that sinful past. Don't worry about that right now. Keep your focus on God in a relationship with him through Jesus. Look at verse 8. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat it, and we're no better off if we do. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. So Paul says, just, just time out. If you're eating meat offered to an idol, even though it doesn't bother you at all, if that becomes a stumbling block to somebody else, then, then we don't do it because we care about that other person too much to cause them to stumble. Look at verse 10. For if anyone sees you who have, have knowledge, if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged? And if his conscience is weak, to eat the food offered to an idol. So someone walks by, they see you eating this food offered to an idol, and they say, well, that's a strong believer. I think I can eat the food offered to an idol, but their conscience is still weak, and they're convicted by that. Look at verse 12. Thus, sinning against your brother and wounding their conference, uh, their, their conscience when it is weak, you sin against God. So when you do something that causes your brother to stumble, their conscience is weak, you're not just sinning against your brother, but you're sinning against Christ. And then look at what Paul says in verse 13. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. You know what Paul's saying? It's not worth it. It's not worth doing anything that's going to make my brother stumble. I'm willing to sacrifice whatever I need to sacrifice in order to build others up. Even if I have the knowledge, remember Paul started the chapter, like even if I have the knowledge that it's nothing, an idol is nothing, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to cause my brother to stumble who has that experience, that religious experience where offering something to an idol was, was part of their experience. They can't shake that. I'm going to put that down in order to show grace to another brother. Now, offering, offering meat to an idol is not really an issue for us, is it? Although I got to tell you a story. Uh, I was uh, teaching a class at Word of Life Bible Institute uh, down in Florida, about 130 students. And uh, I was teaching through this passage. And I said, um, uh, when I got to this part, I said, you know, none of us are worried about eating meat offered to an idol. We have other issues that we're dealing with. And when I said, none of us are worried about eating meat offered to an idol, two hands shot up. Oh, this is interesting. And uh, there was uh, a young woman from South Africa, and she said, yeah, we actually do have that issue. Uh, she said, where I'm from, there are tribes that offer meat uh, to idols, and it's sold uh, for cheap. And um, we have that issue. And so in our church, we decided we will not eat the meat offered to an idol. So that was interesting. Right behind her was a guy from India. And he said, they got the same issue. It's not meat, but the, the Buddhist will have these religious ceremonies. And after the ceremonies, they give gifts to neighbors. And so the Muslims won't take the gifts, but he said, Christians there, we decided to take the gifts. 
so that we can demonstrate to the Buddhists our care for them, our acceptance of them, and so that we can have an opportunity to share Christ with them. So I thought that was interesting that there are people in the world who have the issues that Paul's talking about here in 1 Corinthians, but we don't have those issues today here at least in our country. So what I wanna do is to think about the, the principles that the transferable principles that Paul teaches us in this passage. And I think there are three, so let's just work through them. First of all, Paul teaches us in this chapter that confidence plus compassion equals encouragement. Confidence plus compassion equals encouragement. In chapter 8, verse 1, Paul says, knowledge puffs up. If you just have knowledge, that puffs up. But when you, when you marry that with compassion, love, that produces confidence. God's word is what gives us confidence, doesn't it? God's love gives us compassion. God's word gives us confidence. God's love gives us compassion. So when we think of the confidence that comes from God's word, we, we want to make sure we, we share that confidence with everyone in our life, particularly during this time. And we live in a time where our world is filled with fear and it's filled with confusion and it's filled with anxiety and then all the unknowns, right? How long is this going to last? Uh, you know, when's it going to level off? Is it going to peak? We hear every day more people getting uh, 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 COVID-19 there are a lot of unknowns and that just causes more fear and confusion and anxiety. And so in the midst of that, as believers, we can say, man, we go to God's word and that's what gives us confidence. We know that God's sovereign. We know he's in control and we need to, we need to read. We need to share the promises of God. There are many promises of God. Here's one, Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, oh, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. So as Christians, we can say, man, God's in control. God's got this. And that's a powerful message that we can share with everyone in our life. God's word gives us confidence. By the way, we have a little devotional we did, Devotions for Strength and Comfort. There are about 80 passages in there. You can go to... Uh, prayer at ronmore.org, prayer at ronmore.org, and we'll give you a free download. We just want to get that in your hands. Th th those passages that give you confidence and, and strength and comfort. So every believer needs that right now more than ever. We need to be in God's word and hear the promises of God, know the promises of God, and share the promises of God with what? Compassion. God's word gives us confidence God's love gives us compassion. Now, we want to do always what's wise when it comes to physical interaction during this time, right? So, we may need to hunker down physically, but this is not the time for believers to hunker down spiritually. I mean, we have the means, digital means at least, to tell other people about Jesus and to continually share this confidence we have in God's word. A.W. Tozier said this, 
A frightened world needs a fearless church. A frightened world needs a fearless church. And we have the opportunity to say, look, we don't know what's everything going on. We, don't, we, we can't foretell the future, but we know this. We trust in the God who holds the future. We trust in the God who is the God of the past, present, and future. He never changes. His promises are true. Not time to panic, but a time to pray. Time to pray, right? On Wednesday... At 6.30 p.m., this coming Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., we will meet online across all of our campuses, and we will have a time to hear from God's Word, and we'll have a time to pray. We want you to join us online at 6.30 p.m. this coming Wednesday. Dave and I will be leading that service. So let's come together and pray so that we can be confident in sharing the message of Christ to others. Now, one more thing. Many of you I know are working from home and your kids are out of school and they're at home. And um, it's been a week, so the first week was probably okay, but now things are getting a little tense, right? And, and uh, you may, you know, I don't know, maybe in your family you're not, but you may be getting on each other's nerves just a little bit. So this showed up in our, uh, this video showed up in our family uh, thread, our family texting thread. So I wanted you to check this out. Check, watch this video. Because of coronavirus, you are going to be quarantined, but you have a choice. Do you A, quarantine with your wife and child, or B? B. <laughs> B. B. <laughs> I don't know if you think that's funny, but I do. Just show it, just show it one more, it's a short video. Just show it one more time, real quick. Because of coronavirus, you are going to be quarantined, but you have a choice. Do you A, quarantine with your wife and child, or B? B. <laughs> B. Okay, I just show that to remind you that confidence plus compassion equals encouragement, and that starts at home. Man, you have a great opportunity, moms and dads, right? To demonstrate what, this, what, what confidence really looks like. You have a, your kids are watching, and they're hearing stuff, and they know that this is, uh, this is unprecedented. Uh, they know there are concerns. They're texting with their friends. And as parents, you can say, you know what? I, I, I don't know what's going to happen exactly, but here, here's what I do know. I have confidence in God. And this gives you the opportunity to share promises of Scripture with your children. It gives you the opportunity to sit with them and read scripture with them together. This gives you the opportunity to drill down on God's word individually so that you can share that with your kids. And in a time when you're, when you're a little tense at home, when you've got a lot of things going on, when things are different and everyone's in the house, show compassion, show grace to others. Let them know that you have the confidence of the living God and you show compassion to each other and encouragement while we can share it outside the home. And it starts in the home. Confidence plus compassion equals encouragement. Here's the second principle, transferable principle we learn from this passage. Use digital communication to major on 
the majors. Now, this passage teaches us that there are some gray areas in the Christian life, right? In Corinth, some people ate meat offered to idols. Some people said, no, that's a sin to me. So we know that. And in the church, there are issues that are gray areas, and we can debate those all day long. But it's time now to major on the majors. In chapter 8, verse 6, Paul says again, let me read it again. Paul says this, chapter 8, verse 6. Man, for us, there's only one God. Let's focus on him. He's the Father from whom all things are all things and from whom we exist. We are here because of him. We exist because of him. He is sovereign over all. Our trust and our confidence, it's in him alone. Let that be our focus. And we have one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. He's the agent of all things. He's the one through whom we have salvation. And so this is a time when we can share with people salvation through Jesus Christ alone. You can have a lot of opportunities to talk with people online, to interact with people back and forth. So let's major on the majors. Let's make sure that as we interact with people, we are focusing our confidence in Jesus Christ. And for those people who are going through some really times of anxiety, we can say, look, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know this. God does. And, and I have this relationship with him through Jesus. Let me tell you about that. Let me share that with you. What a great opportunity we have to major on the majors. Let me tell you how we're doing that here at the Bible Chapel. Over the last days, our leadership team has focused on how we can encourage the Bible Chapel family and serve you and stay engaged with you at a time when we can't do it physically. This is a new day for us, and we're learning. But, man, we are in prayer and conversation and working to make sure we stay engaged with you and serve you. This past week, our staff reached out to the elderly and the most vulnerable in our congregation just to say, hey, how you doing? Can we help you? Let us pray with you. Any practical services we can do for you. This coming week, we're going to do our best to connect, to make connection with every member of our church, to call them, to pray with them, to, to ask you, is there any practical thing we can help you with? All Bible Chapel ministries are providing digital teaching and communication for all age groups. And it's been so cool to see our children's ministry, our junior high, 56, our high school ministry, our men's ministry, our women's ministry, just have tremendous digital ministry to those in the age groups. And I know you're taking advantage of that. We're sending out a video update and biblical encouragement each day at 12.15. So every day at 12.15, you're going to get something from the Bible. Chapter. We're going to look at God's Word just a minute or two, look at God's Word, and then give you any update, any information. We just want to be able to stay in touch with the Bible Chapel family. 
I've been presenting a live journey broadcast on Word FM so we can address the fears and anxiety of of people in the greater Pittsburgh area. The the radio gives us a great way to do that. And by the way, the radio broadcast is is also found on our app and it's found on our website and you can find it a lot of different places. It airs every day at 5.30 and 11.30. So so encourage people to tune in to that. Encourage people to go to the website and see the ministries that the Bible Chapel has. All campus pastors have been reaching out to their campuses through digital means, and that's been so cool to see. Uh, it was exciting to, to see the, the way they are ministering digitally to each campus. This morning, over 600 people joined the relevant parenting conference uh, that Dave DiDonato led, did such a tremendous job with, with leading that today. And, and that was live stream. It's also been recorded, so you can watch that and you can share it with others. Uh, we are uh, an area collection point for the city mission. And so you can drop off food or clothing every day, uh, Monday through Friday, inside door six at the South Hills campus. Uh, and and uh, man, the city mission needs our help during this time, and we can help them. We're also working with the Greater Washington County Food Bank, and we get more information uh, as, uh, as, as that partnership comes to be. A new Bible Chapel Facebook page will be launched this week, you know, where we can have some fun and we can just stay engaged. And, and when you're at home with your kids, particularly your moms and dads, we can interact together through Facebook. Just check on each other and see how we're doing. Some digital discussion groups will form as well as we drill down uh, deeper each week uh, on uh, the weekend sermons. Now, we can't wait to be together physically again. That's going to be a great time of celebration, isn't it? But until then, we had the digital opportunity to major on the majors. So let's stay focused on who God is, the promises of God, the confidence we have in him, and our relationship we have with him through Jesus Christ. One more thing. During this time, evaluate your heart and develop a heart of sacrifice. That's one of the things this passage teaches us. Look at verse 13 again. Paul says, you know what? I don't have an issue with eating meat offered to idols. An idol uh, is, uh, he says, has no real existence. I don't have an issue. But here's, here's the deal. If food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. It's not worth it. I'm not going to do anything to make my brother stumble. Now, what's the principle there? Well, the principle is this. We're in community with each other. We take care of each other. We make sacrifices for each other. We're not going to do anything to discourage one another or cause another to stumble or cause fear to build up in others. Remember, confidence and compassion, we want to encourage people. We we, we want to encourage people by the text messages that we send. Man, we have an opportunity to just text someone. I had several people do that today. How are you doing? praying for you. What a great encouragement that is. So send a text. Make a phone call. Just ask, how are you doing? Maybe you need to deliver groceries to a shut-in or, or, or those who need to stay inside because of their vulnerability. Show some grace to your family 
Again, when you're together a lot during this time, some things can get tense. Facebook your kids. We just did that today. Uh, Lori and I did. We, we Facebooked our kids just to catch up with them. Hi, hi. Did I say Facebook? FaceTime. That's what I meant. FaceTime your, your, your kids uh, or, or your elderly uh, friends or, or, or grandparents. Just let them know, man, you're, you're there. You're with them. You can talk with them. We're going to have some challenging times, but we can interact with each other, again, digitally. And it's pretty cool to be able to do that. Also, we're going to ask you, as Dave did earlier, to keep giving generously. We started the year uh, uh, 18% over giving for last year. Man, we had such a strong start. And then last week, we took a pretty big hit. We expected that because that was the first time we were just doing uh, the, uh, the online streaming. But we're asking you, even when you can't be here physically, give so we can continue doing the ministries that we need to do during this critical time. We can continue to take care of our staff and to take care of you as we minister in a, in a new way, in a new opportunity. But we encourage you to give. Let me close uh, with this story. So um, Isaac Newton was in his 20s when the Great Plague hit London. Uh, It was 1665. And in 1665, when the Great Plague hit London, they did some things that we're doing today. They practiced social distancing. Newton was in college at Cambridge During that time, all the college students were sent home. And so Newton uh, went back to his family estate. It was about 60 miles from Cambridge. Now, here's what's interesting. That year of Newton's life that he spent away from school, it's referred to as the year of wonders in Newton's life, his year of wonders. First, he worked on some mathematical problems And he wrote a paper that introduced early calculus in his time away from Cambridge. Then they said he acquired some prisms and he went into his bedroom and he made it dark and he he drilled some holes in his shutters. And and through his experiments, he was able to, 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 to write some of the first theories of optics. Right outside his window, was on that family estate was an apple tree. And he was sitting under the apple tree one day. You remember that story? And an apple fell on his head. And that's maybe kind of legendary, but he did see an apple fall. And from that, he began to think through why the apple fell and that there's this theory of gravity he started writing about. So think about it. Newton used his time of social distancing to make an impact on the world so much that people call that his year of wonders. So I'm going to challenge you, challenge myself. Let's make this our season of wonders. Man, let's make this a time where we know Jesus more intimately, where we love Jesus more passionately, where we follow Jesus wholeheartedly. Let's make this a time when our family takes on a deeper love 
for each other, where we begin to appreciate each other, where we have some really deep, meaningful conversations because we can't go out. We have the opportunity to be together and, and really care for each other and have some great conversations with husbands and wives and parents and kids. I mean, this is a time when we can grow in a relationship with friends, right? We may not be able to, to have them over to our home. We may not be able to gather here at church. We may not be able to go out and eat with them, but, but we can interact with them through Facebook. We can interact with them digitally. And, and we can grow in the relationship with our friends. It can take on a new meaning. At a time when our church family is apart, we can grow to new levels of compassion and encouragement. So I don't know how long this is going to last. No one does, right? But God does. Our confidence is in him. Let's make this our season of wonders so that when we look back one day, we'll say, you know what? That was a challenging time. But man, did I grow deeper in my walk with Christ? Did our family, man, we grew deeper in our love to each other and our church. It was a time of wonders for us. We're going to stand together and, and, and kind of drill this thought home, this truth home uh, with a song. So wherever you are, I want you to stand. And the song just says, with arms held high, Lord, I lift my life knowing I'm found in Christ in your love forever with all I am. In your grace, I stand. The greatest of all romance, love of God, my Savior, to the one who has rescued my soul, to the one who has welcomed me home, to the one who is Savior of all, I sing forever. Will you stand with me as our worship team leads us in this song? We have the one whose grace we know and whose grace we stand. Let this be our season of wonders because of who God is and who we are in him. Let's sing together. With arms held high, Lord, I
to you To the one who has rescued my soul To the one who has welcomed me home To the one who is Savior of all I sing forever To the one who has rescued my soul To the this week as we give more information and just encourage each other during the week. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are a God who has rescued us and we stand firm and we stand solid in your grace. Our confidence is in you alone and with your confidence and with your compassion, Lord, help us be an encourager to those in our life this week, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.